0: um i would say as a cmo um ideally if you can start out and make sure that your career in marketing is built on being a marketing generalist as right. opposed to a marketing specialist is what i would is what i would recommend wow. so uh even though a graphic designer for instance who is very artistic uh if they don't round out their marketing knowledge to include marketing research marketing strategy marketing communications right. in the broader sense I don't see a graphic designer being on track to grow to head of marketing or CMO. So I recommend that if you really want to be the head of marketing, you want to be a CMO or VP of marketing one day, make sure you get your broad base of experience and competence in as many areas of marketing as possible, especially in the areas of communications and digital, so that when you get to that level, you can give the kind of advice and coaching and a training and experience and bring that to bear on your team <music>
1: So welcome to the Mean for Jobs podcast season 2. I'm your host Adrian and today we're extremely honored um to welcome Carrie um who is the CMO of JMMB Group Jamaica. How are you um Anne?
0: I'm well, thank you Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: No problem. I'm really excited to interview, you know, a CMO because obviously you've got a lot of responsibilities on your shoulder and such a big company and you know, I'd be really interested in exploring a little bit about um, what you do your career and perhaps a little bit about your um, employer branding um so you know um I, just to start us off i just want to ask a little bit about how um you got into marketing uh, and you know the difficulties that you had along the way in your journey to become the cmo
0: Oh, wow. Great question. And we we only have a limited time frame, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'll keep keep it very concise. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep it very concise. I mean, to be honest with you, I fell into marketing quite by accident because all through high school, I wanted to be a doctor, just like my dad. Right, And uh, when I realized the sciences weren't my strength, I started to look around in the field of business. Initially, it was accounting, right. then economics. And then I stumbled across some marketing courses when I was doing my bachelor's degree at university. And I just fell in love with the whole concept of marketing, not so much on the communication side, but right. on the strategy side. Uh, right. And then I got my degree in business management in at the university here in Jamaica, and I continued to focus on growing in the marketing function in particular. Uh, if After a couple of years working, mm-hmm. I went to the United States and did my MBA right. in marketing at the Robert H. Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland College Park. That was a two year right. full time program. Right. Uh, staying in the United States was not on the cards for me, apparently, so I ended up Coming back home to Jamaica mm. and uh, started to work in the financial services sector in marketing, starting out in relatively junior roles and working my way up very, very quickly through about two or three, well, JMMB would be my third a company working in the financial services sector, initially in investments, then mm. commercial banking, and then now with GMB, which is a full service group. So, right. it's been an interesting journey, Adrian. Um, it's not the easiest one. I mean, I, I, I do something that I love, but marketing yeah. is also a function that is not highly appreciated, or valued, mm-hmm. and sometimes understood by many businesses. Sorry, why, why,
1: why do you think that is the case? You think.
0: Well, you know, another great question. I think that's the case because I, I I, think the marketing function, it's not always easy for the function to demonstrate the value that it brings to the bottom line. Right. It's not easy to demonstrate marketing impact, right? right. Uh, in some sectors, it's a little bit easier. So in those sectors, like maybe beverages or mm-hmm. soap, uh, where the marketing is the selling, then it's easy because you can track or you can attribute to in any uptick in your marketing activities directly to growth in sales but in something like financial services which is a sector that I'm most familiar with where you have a very distinct sales team Mm -hmm. um, other sectors like technology b2b sectors have it as companies have it as well where you have a distinct sales team from your marketing team it becomes a competition about who deserves the glory or Mm -hmm. whether or not marketing is doing enough to support sales to achieve their targets and it's in that kind of a tug of war conversation that I don't think marketers right. always leverage opportunities, or even have sometimes opportunities to demonstrate the value they bring to the bottom line. So it's pretty much seen like the arts and crafts department, uh, where right. you know we right. do the ads, plan the parties, and mm-hmm. it's it's not always easy.
1: So you mentioned you didn't actually consider marketing in the beginning. You actually opted for other um, subjects, um, like maybe a doctor or economics uh, degree, right? Um, right. At what point do you think, right, you know, let's let's give marketing a go?
0: So the point was when I started to do marketing courses as part of my business management degree. And uh, when I saw what marketing was as far as um, a social science in the Mm -hmm. sense that it's about looking at human behavior, recognizing that you wanted a particular outcome or you wanted human beings to behave in a particular way to achieve the outcome you want to achieve. And I just found the whole thing fascinating. So it's the strategic side of marketing that really drew me in less so the communication side.
1: Right. So, you know, in your current role as a CMO, obviously, you've got a lot of responsibilities. I can imagine your day being packed. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's your day to day responsibilities and, you know, what kind of um, tasks um, that you're involved in mainly?
0: Well, first of all, I have an amazing team and couldn't do what I do without them Mm -hmm. and What I would say is, well, first of all, I see my role as a CMO, as an enabler and the remover of roadblocks, right? So the majority of my day, most days in any leadership role I've been in, is really about how do I empower my team to do what they need to do and to be the best they can be. So whatever roadblocks, whatever support they need for me to advance conversations, if they need to escalate, if they need guidance, if they need training, coaching, that's my my job as a team leader. Uh, But generally, as the CMO, my focus is far more strategic uh, than it is execution, uh, if that makes sense. So I will have like marketing officers and marketing managers who manage campaigns and activities Mm -hmm. um, in an execution sense, whereas mine is far more strategic, working more closely with the business to make sure that what we do is in line with the business strategy and that our outcomes are the outcomes that they want to see. So I'm that... bridge of a conversation as a division leader there
1: i guess you know the c-suite level is uh, a a little bit um you know not a lot of people can have the honor of being in this in the the top company so it's uh, natural that a lot of people would be curious about you know what c-suite people do um can you tell us a little bit, because uh, you, told, you told me that you're more, you know, in a strategic sense, you know, I guess mm-hmm. that's what most CM, like CC people are, you know, they have less execution related tasks, but more on the strategic side. Um, in terms of, um, you know, reporting to the board, like, how does that work? Um, is, is it something that you have to deal with on a day to day basis?
0: Wow. Great question. You know, there, as you say it, you know, not, not very many people, the majority of people don't get into a C-suite role. And, um, I always tell people it's not the easiest place to be. Mm. There is a saying in Jamaica, I don't know if it is Jamaican, but there is a saying that we have here that says the higher that a monkey climbs in the tree, the more his butt, his butt is exposed. Right. So it's the same thing. thing. That's a great thing. it's the same thing in a corporate world where you look at the C-suiters and you're like, oh, wow, it must be so glamorous. You're in the yeah. C-suite, you're probably pulling down a nice paycheck, um, mm-hmm. you're shaking hands and taking pictures. But it really is a very challenging place to be because a lot of it is about people and relationships and mm-hmm. managing those relationships, managing down, obviously, to your team. But managing across laterally and managing up. Uh, and every company is different. I mean, in my organization, in as much as I'm the CMO, my role is a little bit unique. I don't report to the board, nor right. do I report, nor do I report to the group CEO or any of the subsidiary CEOs in the group. Okay. I actually report to the head of the group head of HR, which is the right. chief people officer, right? Wow. So I'm a marketer okay. who reports into HR. Um, no. that's a whole other episode. But but the point <laughs> the well, point like is we need
1: to do another episode then.
0: Yeah, you know, marketer reporting to HR. Can we break out the scotch? But you know, at the end of the day, what I've recognized is that in as much as I report to HR. I am helping to drive revenue, supporting the business in terms of the CEOs, the group, and across all the subsidiaries. So I need to actively find a way to partner with them and make sure that I'm in their corner too. And they certainly perceive me as being in their corner in Mm -hmm. as much as there's not a direct or dotted line relationship. So right. it really is it's 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 quite a challenge. Sometimes it's not for every, it's not a role for everyone,
1: right. uh, but right.
0: it it really is largely about being strategic, a strategic thinker, but knowing how to leverage relationships and keeping those relationships strong so that the perception that you are delivering on your mandate is always present and in front of mind.
1: Well, I see. You know, I totally didn't expect that the CMO has to report. You know, to human resources. Have you, you it's know, had around with your, you know, fellow C suiters You know, at other companies, whether the CMO reports to the uh, to the HR department as well, or is it just your company?
0: As far as I well, I I'm sure there are other companies around the world. I mean, I've been to conferences. Like I went to a conference in the United States, and I saw uh, a small commercial bank. Uh, they didn't have a CMO. Their most senior right. marketing role was the assistant vice president of marketing, and he reported right. to the vice president of HR. So, but they didn't they didn't have a marketing CMO role, as it were. Uh, but locally, across Jamaica. Uh, what I've seen certainly in the financial services sector and even a few other sectors as well the CMO or certainly the head of marketing tends to report to the CEO mm. or head of the business it's um, not, what I was not, H- not HR right so but, it right. my case is really unique um I, I don't believe I'm at liberty to share the why I mean it's something I knew when I was being interviewed for the role right. so right. I came in I came into it being the reality of the situation so I embraced it for what it was mm. um my head of HR was was actually the very first head of marketing of GMNB when it was founded 30 years ago.
1: Right, so
0: she right. she's very au fait with the brand and the values and the mission, the vision and what it represents. Right. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. But as I, as, as I said before, it's really that makes it a more delicate dance to make sure that I maintain that very strong connection with the CEO and the mm-hmm. suite of CEOs across the group to make sure that that marketing connection to the business is strong. In as much as I don't report to them in any way,
1: I think I detect that you know relationships are the one well, of the most important, if not the most important, um, yes. aspect you know to become a successful c Um, Would you say that relationship? are the most important thing or are there anything else that's equally important um in your role
0: well you know what um So I would say, first of all, relationships are the most important, but I say that cautiously because at the end of the day, your technical competence still has to be strong. We don't want to discount that. But what I've also said to folks throughout the course of my career as I've learned it and I share it with everybody that sometimes you do very well at a job, you're smart, Mm. you're producing and you still passed over for promotional opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always say to folks that when that happens, maybe what's taking place at the time is that you may have a PR problem or a public relations right. problem, which right. means that you may be performing well. But the right people in the right places in the company—they don't know you, or they don't know the value of the of what you what you're bringing to the table, and right. that's your responsibility to bring that to their attention. And so again, that's why relationships are so important because you can be a great performer, but if you don't have relationships that you aren't leveraging, you don't have sponsors who are calling your name in the rooms that you are right. not present in in a way that helps you ad- helps you to advance, mm-hmm. then you could be you could be the greatest performer you're probably not going to grow to where you'd like to grow. So still relationships, making sure technical capabilities is always a a top priority as well.
1: So, uh, yeah, you mentioned your technical capabilities quite a lot of times. Um, What are the most important technical um, capabilities as a marketer and as a CMO, you think?
0: So well, as as a marketer, it can be quite broad because there are many facets of marketing. There is marketing research, there is communications. um, we have a marketing technology officer. We have an events an events officer. So, as you can imagine, depending on the role, the take the capabilities of what you can do, or what you'd need to do to do well in the role would vary. So my events person doesn't need to be a master communicator because we have a communications team for that or marketing technology officer is a techie. Uh, don't put her to plan an event. You know what I mean? So yeah. it depends on the role. Um, I would say as a CMO, um, ideally, if you can start out and make sure that your career in marketing is built on being a marketing generalist, as right. opposed to a marketing specialist is what I would is say. I would recommend. Wow. So uh, even though a graphic designer, for instance, who is very artistic, uh, if they don't round out their marketing knowledge to include marketing research, marketing strategy, marketing communications right. in the broader sense, I don't see a graphic designer being on track to grow to head of marketing or CMO. So I recommend that if you really wanna be the head of marketing, you wanna be a CMO or VP of marketing one day, make sure you get your broad base of experience and competence in as many areas of marketing as possible, especially in the areas of communications and digital. So that when you get to that level, you can give the kind of advice and coaching mm-hmm. and a training and experience and bring that to bear on your team and they can trust you to be able to deliver on that in their in their so to their support and in right. their benefit
1: so let's say you know you come across a graphic designer who wants to be a cmo um he, he just heard about what you said you know what's your advice to them how can they rise up you know the ranks
0: well, the first thing is make sure that you really do want to become a CMO uh, or mm-hmm. a head of marketing. That's the first thing as I would have shared, there are, it's, there are many challenges. It's not the easiest place to be. So if you are clear that you want to come out of graphic design and move into a place of marketing strategy, ultimately, then you're going to have to know, look across, well, how am I going to build my portfolio of experience and expertise over the next several years to be able to get to that level? So you <laughs> if you need to go and get a a tertiary diploma, uh, you know, university diploma or degree, um, perhaps postgraduate studies and MBA in marketing is great to consider. uh, There are uh, wonderful certification opportunities online that you can also do in particular areas to really build out your expertise. And if you're in a company, start by volunteering and looking for internship opportunities where you're like, look, I want to jump in on this project. Um, I'm no, I'm just a graphic artist, but I'd love to get experience in the area of marketing communications. How can I be a part of this team so that I can learn, contribute, and grow? So it's really about how do you start to spread your tentacles to broaden your base of knowledge and experience working experience in as many areas of marketing as possible, especially communications and digital.
1: So you know, looking back at your own career, can you tell us a little bit about what is what are the most important steps you've taken? early on in your career to get to where you are?
0: Well, the the first important step, I would say, is that don't be afraid to start off in a more humble position than you would have anticipated. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid of things like pay cuts, right, Right. Uh, to take advantage of opportunities that would position you for the next step. Mm-hmm. uh throughout the course of my career there would have been opportunities i mean i remember when i got my mba and i was ready now to get maybe a marketing manager role my yeah. first role was two levels down from marketing manager and I, admittedly i was disappointed because i'm like i have an mba i must be able yeah. to, to but they were like no we don't believe you bring enough experience to the table that warrants that but at the time In as much as they were bringing in, bringing me in two levels below, there was nobody else above me. So the sky was the limit for me. So I went in and demonstrated and brought value to the table, Mm -hmm. and making sure to do my own PR, the CEO Mm -hmm. had to know what I was doing, the CEO had to know the value that I brought to the table, right? Mm And so what I found is that in taking advantage of opportunities, even if they weren't ideal, but because you could look down the road and see the trajectory that it was preparing you for, right. that for me was was the biggest learnings that I've taken over the course of my career until here I am now. The story I love to share, Adrian, if I could dig a little deeper, is that when I first graduated from university in my bachelor's degree, my first job was in a call center because wow. I couldn't get another job, I was in a call center doing customer service on the phone and selling credit cards and working for a money transfer company. The nice. next job I got, I was an intern at an insurance brokerage house. I'm um, like, I don't want to go into selling insurance, but it was the only thing I could get. Another opportunity, as I said, I went to investments and banking. Now you know what JMB's business is now, Adrian. JMB is in investments. It's in banking. It's in uh, money transfer and it's in insurance brokering. My resume to the T. So when I saw that JMB position advertised, I knew my resume lined right up. Everything happens for a reason. Jump in, taking take advantage of the opportunities, and know that one day what is to be yours will be yours. Just make sure you leave a track record of excellence at every step.
1: Wow, well, it seems like you've um, managed to connect all the dots, you know, in the past, you know, and I guess you don't you didn't even know. That one yeah. day all the stars will be aligned.
0: Correct. <laughs> Not at the time. Yeah. How,
1: how life is sometimes unpredictable. Yes. I guess. Um, yes, indeed. I think you mentioned a really interesting point. You said you made sure that the CEO always knew what you were doing. Um, you know, from my experience or you know, people I know, um, sometimes it's difficult, right, to yes. muster up the strength or, and the courage to talk to somebody so high up. So how yes. did you manage to do that? And how did you um, you know, keep the CEO updated by but but not, you know, being too aggressive or not to you know annoy him?
0: Right. Well, first of all, I want to highlight that everybody's situation is different. So as I would have started out when I when I finished my MBA and I was Put into a role that was more junior than I perhaps would have been qualified for. Mm-hmm. There was there was nobody else above me, so the sky mm-hmm. was the limit, and I had easy access to the CEO. And mm-hmm. then became the head of marketing and continued along that path: heads of marketing, senior manager, assistant, vice president, no CMO. Yep. But what I found is that not everybody has that easy path of access, right, Adrian? That's a great point. And so what I would say to folks is that look for a sponsor in your organization. We know what mentors are, who sponsors are. Sponsors are people who will help to open doors for you, especially when you're not in the room right? So what you can do is if you can't get easy access to your CEO, look across your organization and see who are the opinion leaders in your company. An opinion leader can be an executive assistant who has access to a key executive's office, or an opinion leader could be a top performing manager or a top performing sales representative. It could be a senior HR person. Find an opinion leader who in your organization, you know, would be willing to sponsor you in terms of calling your name and sharing your success Mm -hmm. with others when you are not in the room, because that's what you really need. Because when you, if you have somebody as a sponsor, let's say you have the head of HR as a sponsor, right? When she's in those board meetings, she's gonna talk about how great Adrian is at his job, right? and then they're going to remember adrian's name and adrian's name is going to be the name that's going to come up when the opportunities present themselves even if it's an executive assistant right. she has the air of her of her of her managing partner or managing director that she's an assistant to and she'll be the one who be like you know boy adrian is doing awesome you know he, he, i always love how adrian is so pleasant he's mm. such a people person he works hard and that's how your name gets called. And you're not even in the room when those conversations right. are taking place. Wow, wow. So if you can't get to the CEO, look for a sponsor, which is an opinion leader in your company who can see your work and make you visible to decision makers when you are not in
1: the room. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Um, did anybody teach you that or did you learn by yourself?
0: Um, I actually got taught it uh, to be that's... very honest with you. I have, made myself a student of uh, career work and life and um I've just used my opportunity to do a lot of reading, Harvard Business Review, that sort of thing, and following certain opinion leaders on LinkedIn as well, thought leaders on LinkedIn. And uh, it's just through that journey that I've realized that here are opportunities that we can leverage as people who want to grow. And that's one of the nuggets that I'll never forget. I learned it maybe about 15 years ago, but it's uh, still applicable today. Yeah.
1: So, you know, in terms of, you know, people who want to get into marketing, um, who do you think are the right people and who do you think are not? And what's, you know, the meaning of being a marketer, you think?
0: Wow. Um, so I would say not everybody can be a marketer, but I'd also add that many people can be marketers because, mm. again, marketing is is really made up of so many differing roles. When I think of even my own team, I have a graphics, this graphic designer who is purely yeah. artistic. Don't give her anything to write and don't no. give her a party to plan. She loves art. She loves right. working on art. I have my event planner who is passionate about planning events. I have my marketing technology person who is a techie. So I think what you can do is if you're looking at marketing as a field, look at the different marketing job functions that can exist out there. And then from there, you can look at job descriptions. You can Google any sort of job description these days in any company. And you can kind of get a sense of what's required in a role like that. And then see if those check the boxes for you. But there's a place in marketing for most people, I'd like to think. Maybe not everybody can be a CMO. But yeah. I believe if you're passionate about some aspect of marketing, you probably have a skill set or a personality to suit it. Mm-hmm.
1: So just shortly, you know, before we you know, end this interview, um, I just want to ask about, you know, your uh, meaning of work. Um, how do you find meaning um, as a marketer?
0: How I find meaning as a marketer is... Really, I try to tap into that aspect of myself that I'm passionate about that I don't always get to leverage in my traditional marketing role. And for me, it's teaching, right? So I come from a line of teachers, right from my grandparents, right on down, they were teachers as well. And um, I have a passion for helping people learn and helping people grow. And yes, I get to do that in my nine to five as a team leader already. And I love doing that but what i've also done adrian is that i've found that as a marketer of about 20 years experience there's so much that i can share I launched my own podcast. I'm an independent podcaster. I produce and host my own podcast where I get to speak with people from all over the world and audiences from all over the world get to hear Mm -hmm. not only from me, but from my guests and the awesome conversations we have. So I get to kind of teach and coach and help people to grow and be better. And that's what helps to add an extra layer of fulfillment on top of my traditional 95 type corporate job.
1: Wow, I'd be sure to link your podcast into our, um, you know, uh, episode description, you know, Thank so that you. people can also, you know, get to know about your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, just one last question, you know, for those of you who want to go into, you know, financial services or more, your uh, more uh, specific, you know, JMMB Group, um, what kind of people are you looking for?
0: So JMMB as a financial group, we are unique in the sense that we are founded on the basis of love and care and respect. Yes. So our co-founder believed that you know what, every human being has greatness within them, we're all created equal and she believed in the power of love to unleash that greatness and it is a love that motivates us to serve our clients and to work with each other as team Mm. members every single day. Mm. So anyone who believes in that and wants to be a part of a company that has that particular value system and why of why we were founded, then JMMB will be the place for you. Uh, of course, we have many different types of roles, marketing, of course, being one of them. Not everybody needs to be a financial expert to work right. with JMB, but just someone who is passionate about serving people, about mm-hmm. being their best selves, and learning and growing. Uh, there's a role in so many areas. We have over a thousand employees across the Caribbean. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really a great place that we've really helped our team members to hone who they are and to grow into the best versions of themselves.
1: Yeah. You know, so aside from all the support that you give to employees, not least the loving environment, um you know, what else do you think is in it, you know, for people to join you? Like what's the uh, company culture like and what the support that you'd you know give to people who join?
0: Sure. Well, the company culture, that's an easy answer in terms of a value system. So when you talk about a financial institution based on love, uh, yeah. The company culture is great, a very flat org structure, first name basis, very much a supportive environment right. in terms of our benefits. We believe in the whole person. So we have things like subsidized or free childcare, care, uh,
1: yeah.
0: physical fitness, a gym, uh, those sorts of things. I mean, great health ca- health, health coverage for you, uh, your yeah. spouse and your children, de- dependents. So we provide a great package that caters to the whole person, not just a paycheck, as it were. And then the one thing I would add on top of that is that we're the type of company that believes that you should be fulfilling your You should be achieving your full potential. So things like um, if you want to have a side hustle or a side business, as Mm -hmm. long as it doesn't impact your nine to five, we support that as well. So we've had things like employee fairs where our employees can come in and show their wares of the things and the other businesses that they're doing. And it's just amazing that here is a company that empowers its people to be able to do that and achieve that.
1: Because not every company allows other side hustles. And yeah. um, I always think that, you know, companies that allow this will actually um, attract more people because, you know, yes. more freedom. But at the same time, you know, they get to grow in their current. Yes, indeed. Well. Um, yes, indeed. So, well, it's it's been a pleasure talking to you, Carrie-Anne. I wish this interview could be longer, but I guess, you know, we'd have to maybe re- um, have a follow up episode in the future um sure. but thanks again you know for coming over and um you know wish you all the success in your career
0: thank you so much adrian it has been a pleasure again speaking with you and i invite anyone to connect with me on linkedin i talk about stuff like this in my content and my posting there all the time and of course my podcast is the yep. internal marketing podcast anywhere podcasts are found i'll be happy to connect with their wonderful audience
1: so remember to uh you know for those of you who are listening, remember to like, subscribe to so the Jobs podcast, and to check out Carrie Anne's podcast and uh, LinkedIn profile. Um, just feel free to connect with her, and uh, hope to see you in the next episode.